Hey everyone, welcome to the lighter side of dark. My name is Solio. Which would make me the only other person who's here in the room. That would be, of course, Smith. Paul, it is episode 27. Hard to believe, huh? I can't believe it's been episode 27. It's almost as if it doesn't seem like that many. I wonder why. Just gonna fly, I guess, huh? Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a weird year. A weird year, as we've That's discussed. an understatement. We, we have opened up um, how many shows? With this, uh, it's just been a crazy week. I think all of them. Yeah. I think that's been actually the theme of the entire podcast, and we did not intend that. But it's always been like, well, here's what's happened this week. <laughs> well, I woke up to 2020. Uh, and whoops. A shit show. Basically. All right. That should be the slogan, 2020, colon, a shit show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many things I've seen on Facebook where, where somebody is... Uh, is constantly saying uh okay let's just reset let's just skip the rest let's go to new year's eve 2021 and start all over again i i understand i don't i wouldn't normally advocate it but i get it well i have to um we have to talk about djt in segment because it's segment number one it's he is our president hey it is dominating the news cycle that's that, and, that tends and to be we what must um did you see any of his attacks on goodyear this week I did. I I heard about them. Um, I believe he's banning them or he's removing them from the White House uh, vehicles of some. Like he was that he was going that far. Yeah, he, he's going that far because we we need to waste money on that kind of stuff. But the the part about it that I think bothers me the most is the president shall not use his office to profit from or to elicit harm on any private citizen or company. He pretty much does it either. Or if you look at the, the, the pattern. Yeah. Uh, I, I read Goodyear's uh, statement, and they said, uh, no, we do not allow or uh, any type of political uh, stuff to be worn in our stores or talked about on our websites. And, you know, they were like, well, sorry if, you know, if you, if you took what people do on their private time so personally. But I just think it's absolutely, positively, totally wrong. Now, take this for example. What if he ran down Goodyear and all of a sudden Goodyear stock plummeted and one of his millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire friends went in and bought a bunch of stock and then they let it subside for a couple months and the stock skyrockets? Wait, you mean he's a currency manipulator? Get out of here. Yeah. This Trump guy? Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, that's something that... The Kodak. It, 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 yeah, it, it causes me great concern. That shouldn't be allowed. But there's a lot of things he's done that shouldn't be allowed. And and now he's got that uh, congresswoman, I don't even remember what state, it doesn't matter, state of confusion, um, who is a, who's a backer of QAnon. And and I saw him the other, the other day at his press conference, and somebody asked him about QAnon, and he acted like he was a complete idiot and didn't know anything about it. And he was, uh, I, don't know, I don't know anything about the group. You know, I just know that they like me very much, and I appreciate that. Yeah, more generalities. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, I really could, I could picture him saying, hey, I don't know much about these KKK people, but, you know, they like me, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. So that's all that matters. Yeah. This is essentially what he's saying. And, and I, I did a little research on the, uh, the QAnon, and did you know, Paul, that they believe that President Kennedy was never shot, he's still alive, and he is counseling Donald Trump secretly. Wow. Sounds plausible. That is, that's, that, that's a real wide net to, 
I mean, sometimes you got to reach. Yeah, and, and and Hillary Clinton is the leader of a worldwide pedophile. Oh, the pizza. Wait gate. a minute. Wait a minute. Cannibal. Now they're cannibals. They don't. They don't just do terrible things to children. They. I guess they eat them when they're done. I guess the most shocking thing to me is how people believe the, these ridiculous things without proof, and yet there's someone here doing things like this in plain sight, with connections to people like this in plain sight. Uh, and it just sort of gets ignored. I, and, and then they spout these ridiculous things. Well, well, pizza, I don't get it. Yeah, Pizzagate uh, is supposedly happening in the basement of a pizza right. place that doesn't Right, have like a, a sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. It doesn't have a sort, basement. Right? It's, like, it's like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. When they tell them at the Alamo, go to the basement, that's how made up it is, essentially. It's, I mean, literally, the, the construction crews in Washington, D.C. are going, there is no basement we can show you in geological surveys. There's no bait. Logic would, <sighs> would would dictate that it's just more projection, and that you know their their worries about the Epstein ties. Like, oh, let's just tell them they have a pizza. Game and and I saw something on. I, I I'm staying off Facebook now, pur- purposely for a while, giving myself it's, a chance for my blood pressure to come down. It's a cesspool. But there was a guy on there talking. About, I really enjoyed Joe Biden's speech. He sounds. Uh, he sounds like he's uh, he's all there. Even I had my doubts about him being all there, blah, blah, blah. Of course, somebody immediately went to, oh, well, if you're going to elect that pedophile, there is absolutely positively no. But it's like pedophile is the word that just gets thrown at someone to immediately disparage them. We talked about the cancel culture a little bit at the end of uh, last week's episode, uh-huh. and I want to I want to delve into that a little bit. Um, sure. A little bit more. Um, so what did you think of... Um, the former first lady's uh, speech, Michelle Obama's speech. I, it, was, it was wonderful. It was what I expected. It's what the country needed, just like Obama's, uh, Barack's speech was, just like Biden's speech, I think, surpassed a lot of people's expectations. Absolutely. I know he's reading it. Well, but there's nothing There's nothing wrong with reading it. There's nothing speech. wrong with that. I mean, presidents have been doing it since, it's how I don't you know, deliver since, it. They, since they put uh, a quill to, to parchment. And they've always had speech writers also, so he didn't write that. But again, it's how you deliver it. It's how your convictions come across. And he came across with a lot of convictions and a lot of passion. In, in one of our future episodes, um, I'm going to contact our Trump guy, and I'm going to ask him to read Trump's inauguration speech. Because actually, when I read it back, it sounded great. It sounded presidential. It sounded like way better than it's turned out to be. So yeah. I think it would be interesting to hear his, his speech and, and then say, okay, have you lived up to your own speech? I'm afraid he won't, but I think that's certainly a possibility. Sure. I mean, they set him up. They tried to set him up to, you know, all right, you're off and running now. He didn't have any anything to... Uh... Uh, now, um, before, we, uh, before we go too much further, I've got something special for you this week. Yes. Um, we, we, we got to, I don't know if you know this, but former President Obama has considered re-entering the race for president. He's legal. He can do it. Oh. He's had a four-year hiatus wow. and wouldn't be the first time. There was another president who had two separate terms. I think it might have been Grover Cleveland. We could do some research on that. Had two separate terms with space in between. But um, we um, there was a debate between uh, former President Obama and current President Donald Trump, and we have the audio. Oh, my God. Listen, you got connections. Well... Uh, you know, uh, one guy says, uh, hey, you got a lot of contacts. I said, I don't even wear glasses. But anyway, um, yes, we actually have the uh, the audio on that. And I hear that they're going to do more. So we only have a little bit of the audio clip from this. You know how there's only like two or three debates. We have more footage to dig through. Is that what you're footage. saying? Yeah, oh, that's boy. it. Yeah, audio clips or footage, whatever. So we're we're <laughs> going to talk about that. But um, 
on 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 episode seventeen, I think you and I talked about remakes, remakes and movies. Yes, some we liked, some we didn't. <clears throat> we talked about the Charlie's Angels movie being re, uh, made from TV Ugh. and Dukes of Hazard twice, A Team and Miami Vice. A lot of bad ones. You mentioned something uh, when we were talking about the comedians in that episode about uh, John Candy and how his acting was was so incredible in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles oh, with Steve Martin. He was like, he and, made you tear up. And, and the truth is, his name was Dell, if I remember correctly. Dell Griffith. Del Griffith. Uh, <laughs> it's great to have somebody who actually remembers this stuff. Uh, I can tell you this. I, I really hadn't paid a lot of attention to that movie as far as his acting because I was so blown away by the dynamic between the two mm -hmm. true story they are remaking it you gotta be kidding nope they are remaking planes trains and automobiles let me guess is it gonna be like uh, Kevin Hart and uh, who? you got half of it right <laughs> you're kidding me he's in it he's in it oh my god I swear I have not even I let that be known that was a complete guess Ugh. Kevin Hart and Will Smith I am gonna be sick so Will Smith is now, he shit on Karate Kid, and, and now he's going to take a big dump on Planes So I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment on it. I, I'm thinking. It, I, it, that is judgy of me, but. But uh, you, you know Will Smith's going to play the Steve Martin character. Because he's the, he's he, the lead. He's he the has to only be the lead. one that could pull off the straight part between those two. Kevin Hart is going to have to play the Del Griffith character. I'm going to be interesting to see how this turns out. I think the standard was set pretty high with the original. And just the rental car scene. And it was between, John, yeah. Between yeah. Steve Martin and the rental car agent goes down in history is probably one of the funniest scenes from a comedy movie I recall. It was fantastic, and it came out of nowhere, kind yeah. of, because yeah. it was, it was John, John Hughes always had that reputation of blending that. It was funny, and it skirted the edge a little bit, but it was it had that uh, sort of heart to it. And all of a sudden... A lot of F-bombs out oh, yeah. of nowhere. And, and, and I mean, if, for those of you that haven't seen the movie, first of all, just just download it. Borrow it from a friend. Do whatever you have to do. It's Planes, a good sentimental movie. I think it was, uh, was it 1990? Uh, 1987, I believe. Okay, late 80s, early 90s. There's a scene in it where Steve Martin's character is really strapped and he's got to get home. And he goes to a rental car counter and he gets his key and he trudges through the snow and the rain and the wind and he gets to the spot where his car is supposed to be and it's not there. So then he misses the bus and he's got to walk all the way back to the airport again and he just comes up to the counter and he's just exasperated. He's exhausted. He's beyond. And he looks at the laces and she's like, can I help you? It was the same lady who played the uh, secretary in Ferris Bueller's Bueller. Day Off. Great character actress. Yeah, she's like, can I help you? And he goes, I'm not going to drop all the F-bombs. I'll say effing. He goes, yes. I just got in the effing tram and rode to the effing place where my effing rental car was supposed to be in the effing space and it effing wasn't there. And then I effing missed the bus on the way back and to walk through three feet of effing snow to effing get here, back here to this effing rental counter. What are you going to do about it? And she just smiles and goes, you're effed. It was classic. But yeah, they're, they're going to remake that. Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Now, I will tell you I'm glad it wasn't Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Because that's what I expected. When I it saw would have been boy, Bad Boys 5. Then. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was Will Smith and, and I thought, okay, they have a good dynamic. Don't get me wrong. But I'll always see them as as, yeah. as Marcus. For life. Uh, Marcus and uh, what, I, can't, I can't remember Will's character's name. Um, oh, Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry is how it was called. Okay. 
Um, another thing, uh, I, I don't know if you have uh, noticed that the, uh, the three judges are back for American Idol for the fourth season in a row. The three worst judges in American Idol history. I did not hear, but I'm, I'm interested in hearing the Lionel names. Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryant. They're all back for a fourth horrible season. Like a best of, worst of kind of thing? I, I will tell you that uh, my wife and I watched American Idol first 15, 16 seasons religiously. We enjoyed the format of the show. I'm, I, and I'm here to tell you, other than Kelly Clarkson, or perhaps uh, Carrie Underwood, and maybe a little bit of Daughtry, nobody's really gone on, nobody became a major pop star. very mediocre results. And you figure there's been 15 or 16 of these winners, nobody's really gone on to do anything, other than, again, the top three. Well, then they took the year off, and then they bring back the three worst judges in the world. If you haven't seen any of the American Idols in the past two or three years, uh, good. Count yourself lucky. We suffered through the first season. And the I'm telling you, when Simon Cowell was there, though Simon can't sing, though Simon can't play an instrument, he is an absolute genius <laughs> on recognizing talent. Absolutely. The, the two are not mutually exclusive right. at all. Just and, because... And he would, he would say, uh, you know, utterly, utterly forgettable. Uh, I'll, I'll, I won't even remember this performance tomorrow. Yeah. Call it like it is. A, a very karaoke. Well, then Simon was gone for a while, and then they brought on Harry Connick. Now, Harry Connick was, in my opinion, my personal favorite judge of all time in America. Really? I don't know that I see him, but I'm interested well, he, to he, hear this. He was, he was great because he didn't kiss everybody's butt. Okay, uh, that's important. Yes, and also being a singer and a, and a, a performer and somebody who knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He was on with, with Jennifer Lopez and Keith Urban. And Keith Urban, every time a singer would finish, Keith Urban would lean into the microphone with that shoulder and go, yeah, baby, it was really good what you just did there. It was very good. You were just great. And then Jennifer Lopez would clap her hands like a seal and, and bark a little bit into the microphone. Then we'd get to Harry Connick, and he would go, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, you he goes, you weren't really in the pocket. What I mean by in the pocket is feeling the song and performing the song at the same time. Yeah. And and acting and, and and he goes it, it's a it's a weird dichotomy of feeling like you're in the shower and nobody's there but also somehow acknowledging the crowd. Wow. Well, the reason I bring up Harry Connick is one one girl got up there um, and she had all, all the skill set. She did a decent job with the song. So Keith Urban goes, well, you know, baby, it was great. You know, the beginning was a little shaky. You know, the beginning was a little shaky, babe. But you know, but towards the end, though, you know, you really, you really, you really kind of found your lane and you brought it home. Found your lane. So then Jennifer Lopez goes, "Yeah, well, you know, the beginning was a little okay. You really, the last chorus was really where you drew me in, and you know, though the beginning, you seemed a little bit timid and a little nervous. Blah blah blah. You go to Harry Connick. Harry Connick goes, "Listen, I hate to break it to you, but if your song has a crappy beginning, they're changing the radio station. If your song doesn't get going until two minutes in to a four-minute song." Uh, your producer is going to go, let's cut this track from the album. Your song has to be really good from the beginning and in the middle and in the end. It's got to be good from start to finish to cut a record. Yeah, that's interesting because it's a very specific and a very knowledgeable point of view from, from him. And he can speak to that because he's a successful artist and has been for many years. Right. So it's he's really trying to help by saying things like that because he knows what the execs look for and he knows what to like, weed this out, man. you got to weed this out. That's a, that is a good judge. And I've hosted and judged enough karaoke competitions. Mm -hmm. you know, that's why I don't let people play instruments, because a lot of times the instrument becomes their what, what their, their signature item, what people are looking for. 
And I heard you know Harry Connick many times say, okay, you know, uh, put the guitar down, sing without the guitar. And yeah, it becomes person, a crutch too. The person was totally different. They looked they looked like Jim Carrey and liar liar, six foot three, big teeth, kind of gangly. <laughs> they they just didn't have it. Uh-huh. But these these current three judges, oh my God, I had past tense had a lot of respect for Lionel Richie. Okay. But every single person he has judged or seen perform in the last four years, this is what he says to every single one of them. Okay, okay, listen, my friend. You've done uh, just a spectacular job here. My friend, you are you have found yourself. You are in your lane, my friend. And listen, my friend, you are just magical. That's him every damn oh, week. Oh, no. He's like the Paula Abdul. Yeah, and and then you, then you get to Luke Bryan. Um, I mean, I understand why Luke's doing American Idol. He's sure, not doing anything else. Right, not not lately. But he just he just got that kind of bumpkin sound to his voice, and as soon as uh, the other two are done, he goes, "Hey, man, that was great. I really like that. You uh, you know, way you way you sing into that microphone. I done dug it. Yeah, the way you just kind of way you just kind of move around on the stage, you know. And I felt like I was at your concert." I mean, every, um, wow, how generic could you possibly be? And I will tell you, if you if you think Katy Perry has any skill or knowledge on judging, why not give Zach Galifianakis a quaalude and give him a microphone? It would be more coherent. There, To me, the judging is part, really as interesting, if not more interesting, than the contestants because that sometimes the, their critiques can spark a lot of conversation if it's, if it's you know, controversial or, or if it is actually specific and not just, you know, it's like a stock answer at a pro sports presser. Just, you know, we got to go out there and play better. And I will tell you, I am uh, not a fan of COVID, but I will tell you, COVID has done a couple things, at least in the industry, that I like. Um, I, lo- I love America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent's a fun show to watch. Uh-huh. You see everybody from comedians to danger acts <laughs> to singers to dance troops and so on. It- it's kind of a feel-good show, but... They always do it in front of 3,500 people in some huge auditorium, and all they do is cheer and want everybody to be selected to go to Hollywood. And Simon Cowell sometimes will, you know, will get booed by the audience. He just needs to turn around and go, oh, shut up. This is a competition. Yeah. There's going to be one winner who's going to win a million dollars to go to Vegas. Everyone uh, can't be a winner. I know. I, I honestly, I get why he turned. I, I would feel that way, too. I'd be like, listen, you know, I, they're the audience, but... You got to be realistic. Your your job is to say, I didn't feel it. Yeah, I didn't see and, it. And his bar is high. It's, his wasn't as good as your first audition. You have to wow guys at that level or, or girls at that level that are judging the talent. They've seen it all and done it all. So well, you've worked with you've worked with me at some of our karaoke shows yeah. and competitions, and you've heard me take all the singers in another room before the show starts and go, listen, a third of you are going home after tonight. That does not mean. You don't have singing abilities. That does not mean we want you to go jump off of the nearest drawbridge. It just means that tonight, voted on by five judges, you didn't make the cut tonight. Yeah. And we've had people who have been cut from our contest who came back to win others. So it depends on that. And I'm sick of this culture of everybody gets a trophy. It's Little League. And it's like the, the wall of Gaylord. You know, all participation trophies from yeah. Meet the parents. You know, speak. I was thinking about that the other day, and I and I do hear that criticism a lot about participation trophies, and I and I completely agree uh, that they're ridiculous. And I'm like, you know, you hear these these adults going, like, man, they're giving out giving out my son participation. They're giving out all these kids participation trophies, and and they seem to blame the kids. But I'm like, 
who started giving out the participation trophies? It, it was the adults, not, not yeah. the kids. You can't blame the kids that they're getting them. Blame the adult. They, they should be blaming themselves for handing out these stupid trophies so that they don't learn about what it's like to lose and grow. For those that have uh, kids in any kind of organized activities now, sorry COVID's going on. I know that's kind of a bummer for a lot of them. But the competitive cheerleading uh, organizations crack me up the most. Um, I have read so many posts on Facebook. Oh, look, our group just got invited to come to Orlando because we're so good. No, you got invited because it's a $2,500 fee to be in the competition, and they invited about 100 other cheerleading groups from around the country. Make them feel good. We, we're going to the Disney uh, 2019 Gala Invitational. Yeah, kind of kind of adds a little more magic to it. It's when you like the Better Business Bureau. You can be a member of the Better Business Bureau if your check cashes. There's no qualifications to be a member of the Better Business Bureau. You're just check has to cash. So they go to these competitions, and then there's supposedly a winner of each different group. And what's funny, though, is they've developed like 12 different groups between the ages of 6 and 18. 12 different groups somehow in there. So every 9-year-old group, the 10-year-old, it's really a scam. And then they all get these massive trophies, no matter if they won or lost. They take the trophy back, put it on their trophy case, and everybody's like, ooh, wow, you... And they look up there, they can't read the small print that says participant. Because, oh, wow, look, we, we came in 14th place at the mm -hmm. Disney Gala 2000. And, you know, when you see a trophy hanging or on the wall, you don't always go up and look and see what place. It could say 34th place and, and it look like a regular trophy. And you're like, yep, that's us over yeah, there. That's us. And you can just sell. Yeah, so, good yeah. trick. The, uh, oh, I, I, I wanted to bring this up. Did you see this week where Ellen fired three producers from her show? <clears throat> I did. I, I and you know, it, that was the problem, wasn't it, Paul? No leaks. They leaked. Now she's got to start that. She's got to start that process again of damage control and start. Uh, you know, yeah, damage control. Now we're gonna we're gonna start fresh from the top. Now here are my rules. You better not. Da -da -da -da. If you leak any, oh, uh, it's terrifying, man. I don't know who would want to take that job after all of this shitstorm. I don't know who would want that job. I mean, you got to know what you're signing up for at this point. Well, it was funny because the all the counter the counterculture going after her was not um, things are terrible on the Ellen Show. These three producers are just horrible. It was never that. Things are terrible on the Ellen Show. Ellen's a different person when the camera's off. So she fired three producers, and you know, I, I guess that's like having uh, cancer, uh, lung cancer, and having your liver removed. There you go. That's kind. Of, I mean, you know, in her mind, that's why I know it's. It's, it's not addressing the problem. It's just trying to uh, get the people in there that are going to do your bidding. God, doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. Um, I, I know you're excited to hear about this. Mariah Carey has a new album oh, coming I've out. Been, oh, I've been just dying for that. I've been waiting for that, yeah. Uh, care or don't care? Uh, that one. I, I'm curious to see. I think it's going to be a train wreck, probably, because I can't imagine her voice is, well, is it's, it's, still... It's, it's kind of weird because it's kind of a compilation of songs that she hasn't released that she wanted to put on other albums, and then some of them are remixes of hits from other albums. So it's a double album set. Okay. So if okay. you buy two of them, you have a set of coasters is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Mariah Carey, as far as physical beauty, always been a fan. Oh, of course. I just think she's, she's, she's lovely. But I do not want to hear her speak. 
And no, she's not interesting. Um, and I learned that very early on when she appeared on Howard Stern while she was dating, or not long after she had dated uh, Derek Jeter. It was back then. And she just seemed so... Uh, she was unwilling to really engage. And, you, you know, if you're going on Howard, you have to know. you got to play ball. She was just very boring and, and evasive. I, I don't really like to throw this word around a lot. She just comes across as a bitch. Oh, that wouldn't surprise yeah. me because you get treated like a diva when you're 20 years old and on. And, and Mariah, if, if, if for some reason you're listening uh, and you'd like to take me out to lunch to prove that you're not, I'll be happy to let you take me out to lunch. I'm, I'm sure. You know that. I'll even hold a, I'll hold a fork and knife in my hand and I'll just stare at you the whole time because, like I said, looks-wise, got no problems with that. So during COVID, I had a question for you. Howie Mandel is still working. He's still judging on America's Got Talent okay. during COVID. Does that surprise you? It does a little because I know I'm, I, I'm under, my understanding is he's quite a germaphobe. Oh, yeah. Um, which I, I kind of get that. I he's suppose. been fist-bumping people for 20 years. Okay. And that's actually, he's progressive because that's a lot of transfers from the hands. But I'm sure because of his level of fame, he probably has as much protection and insulation and rules and guidelines as they, as he is. They probably give him what he wants to feel safe. I asked another friend of mine about this the other day and he goes, no, he goes, it makes perfect sense. He's probably the happiest and the most content he's ever been on no that audience. show because he's six feet away from everybody and nobody can get close to it. Right. Yeah, and and he, you know, you know, he'll have his own trailer or, or dressing room. But again, at his level, he's got all the amenities right. he could need, and he'll get all the privacy he wants anyway. Yeah, so he probably doesn't mind. Yeah, so if you get a chance to watch America's Got Talent, uh, tell me you're you're not thinking that uh, Heidi Klum's stylist should get a raise. This is the best she's looked in twenty years. Stylists uh, have a very important role. They know how to do her hair. They know how to work with the upper hemisphere. Really. She's looking good. You give someone a make. You ever see one of those makeover shows? What, whether it's a guy makeover or a girl makeover, it shows you what good artistry and, and like good eye can do to somebody. It just transforms. Well, them. she sits six feet away from Sofia Vergara, and she and Heidi Klum at this point is kind of holding her own yeah. against Sofia. Sofia is a put together woman. No, two two beautiful ladies. Um, another thing in uh, Hollywood news: Does um, uh, Britney Spears is trying to get her dad out as conservator? And bring this other woman in to manage her funds. Do you think Brittany at this point in her life still needs a conservator? I mean, Bree, uh, the notorious BRE, who was on our guest on our show last week, brought her up as, you know, kind of a raving psycho. She shaved her head and stuff. I, what, the reason I would say maybe is because she was brought up so young and was started so early and probably was, was shielded from all of the financial responsibility with the promise that, you know, yeah, you're rich, you're rich, well, you know, we'll handle it. And maybe she never learned. I don't really know. I can't speak to that. But, you know, she, she got big very young, kind of had a breakdown when she was still very young. And none of this is really her fault. So I don't know how much she focused on that aspect of it or how much she learned about business. Well, she supposedly has a woman now uh, who's helping her run things because her dad took a break for health reasons or whatever. Okay. And now, you know, dad's feeling better, so he wants to come back and get a, get a hold of it. There hasn't been any evidence showing that he's taken her money, and you figure, if you, as soon as you hear, well, dad's been in charge of the kid's money, they have nothing, because, you know, the parents go through it, you know, and blow it on, on coke and all kinds There's of stuff. There's always that worry, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think if she's willing to say, okay, I want this other woman as my conservator, I think she still needs one. If she's... She, she, maybe she feels like she can trust this person more. She still feels like she needs just maybe just a 
She's but not she arguing and saying, I'm in charge of my, I want to be in charge of myself. She's saying, just not him. Right. Yeah. She wants someone else to take so I care think of her. She still kind of, need, kind of needs it. I, I do. I don't know. I, I know this is something you've been following like crazy. The Lori Laughlin <laughs> scandal with getting her daughter in. You, you know what? I did. I have heard quite a bit about that. Yeah. Well, um, New her, news. her and her husband, um, Massimo, big, long Italian word. Oh, the uh, the Massimo guy. The, that's the Target clothing, right? Dude, seriously. <laughs> you, you're, you're Italian. Do you guys realize there are consonants? In the alphabet, because it's like Massimo Giamulli. There's a lot of I's and O's, I can tell you that. And a lot of times they come after each other. It, it, it sounds like a character Don Rickles would joke with Frank Sinatra about. Hey, uh, Massimo Giannulli Banganzo called and the thing on Tuesday is off. That's why it's so easy to make up mafia names in movies. They just mm. put a few vowels and consonants and alternate them and it, you gotta... Hey, listen, you talked to Johnny the Shoe? No, no, not Johnny the Shoe. That's 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 Johnny the Walker. Not Johnny the Walker. Johnny the Shoe. You can just give him a nickname like any noun, and it sounds like really tough. Johnny the Shoe. Billy the Post. Yeah. Um, So yeah, federal prosecutors um, are getting ready to put um, them in prison for five months for him and two months for Lori Laughlin. Now, two months in prison. Most places do no more than fifty percent. So she's she's going to be. Three weeks in a in a comfortable cell. She'll probably do, still do her keto diet and come out looking even better. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to be rich. Yeah, rules rules for thee, not for me. When you got a yeah. certain level of uh, income, right? Yeah. Um, our second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the cancel culture, and I've got the the thing that's going to lead us into it. We'll talk about that in segment number two. Um, but I did want to ask. Um, people say, you know, Rob, you're a liberal. Okay. Well. I'm liberal in some areas. I'm certainly conservative in some others. But as you said, I'm, I'm more of a progressive. But I will tell you that when I found out that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively made a formal apology, a formal written apology, that they were apologizing for having their wedding on a plantation. For those of you at home that can't see Paul's face, it's a curious look. It's yeah, I'm kind, kind of, of a, confused. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I actually. I just hadn't heard that news. But that's. Uh, Paul, do you live under a rock? Does your Does your wife live I outside do, the rock? And you live under the rock? Yeah. I, I I saw this. and I, I have a lot of respect for Ryan Reynolds as an actor and as a person because to me he he just he's a great looking guy. He seems kind of humble. And he does his his comedic and talent. He loves you. Love his Deadpool. Yeah, well, that's dude, your, I think if they, wanted to, if they wanted to remake Fletch, nobody more perfect than yeah. Ryan Reynolds. That's a good. That's a good. I would, I would, I would buy a ticket for that remake. Yeah. I love he Chevy this, Chase and he Fletch. Smartass. He's got the dry humor, mm-hmm. but he and his uh, his lovely wife Blake Lively decided to apologize for having their wedding on a plantation. That's where I it must have drawn bad press. I hadn't heard about it, but so that they felt the need to be apologetic because it's insensitive, but I, I feel like that's weird. I, I, in I don't know. In the article know. I read it didn't draw any bad press. They just kinda I guess wanted to get out in front of it. So that's even weirder then because yeah, and, it's and I'm I'm telling you, it's a beautiful plantation. Their pictures were gorgeous. You and I have performed weddings uh, at, at, on on ground that we don't know what happened on that sure. ground. Yeah. We could have, I could have performed in downtown St. Petersburg at a specific, um, I don't know, latitude and longitude position on sure. the map where a, a, a black man was lynched in 1926. How would you know? You know? How would I know? Right. I wouldn't know. A plantation is a plot of land, a, a plant. 
plantation. It's yeah. like a plant nation where it, that's what it is. Plantation has become synonymous with slavery. Yeah. Okay. Right. But synonymous doesn't mean that every plantation should be burned down. So when someone says, well, Rob, you're liberal. No, I'm not. I, I, I don't. I think if you were a complete left-wing liberal nut, you would go, well, I agree with them. They should apologize yeah, for that. that's stupid. No. You shouldn't apologize for something that no. it's 2020. To me, that's part of that. That's that's where the, the Hollywood I have a problem with because there's more concern about their image sometimes or a lot of the time. And doing something like that, maybe in their mind that protects their image just in case there's a shitstorm. But it also draws attention to it in a negative way from the beginning right. where it didn't. And I think that was your point. It was like, what's the big deal? Just you don't have to announce that you're so just... What if they what if they said we were proud to have our wedding on a plantation where slaves were freed? Okay, uh, again, that that gets into the whole thing of reparations and so on, and and I just think that um, they shouldn't have. That's my opinion. I don't think they should have at all. Yeah, maybe just avoid the whole thing altogether. Avoid the question, the controversy. There's a lot. I don't know if you know this. When you have a lot of money in this country, there's a, some beautiful places you can get married. Absolutely. Boy. I mean, I, I've heard, I've read articles and, and heard uh, heard stories about uh, Henry Ford, the founder of the Ford Motor Company, being a devout anti-Semite racist. I've heard that too. I've driven Fords since then. I, I don't think I need to apologize for that. All right, well, before we close out segment one, we try to keep our politics into segment number one. And, and Paul, I did I gave you a little precursor. Yes. We have some audio from the first ever President Obama, President Trump debate. Want to hear it? I, I would love to. I can't this, believe this, you got your hands I, on this. I, I, I know people. I've got contacts, and I don't even wear glasses. Just uh, snippets. They're just going to tease Good us. evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever debate between former President Barack Obama and current President Donald Trump. Debate 2020. We're glad to have everyone here. I'm your moderator, Rob Smith. We'll be asking the two presidents a series of questions. They'll have an opportunity to answer and their opponent will ha also have an opportunity for rebuttal. Our first question goes out to former President Barack Obama. President Obama, in a few short words, how would you characterize yourself? A black man with a funny name. President Trump, you have the opportunity to characterize yourself in a few words as well. How would you answer that question? And I made a lot of money in Atlantic City, and I'm very proud of it. President Obama, where did you meet First Lady Michelle. At a local Waikiki bar. And how have things turned out since then? How would you characterize your relationship? After 13 years of marriage, I found myself to be fully domesticated, soft, and helpless. President Trump, <laughs> would you like to take a few moments to describe our current First Lady? Uh, she didn't treat me fairly. I'm not a big fan of hers at all. I don't care. I mean, she was, she probably was, the, I might be the best thing that ever happened to her. I don't know, because no, whoever even heard of her before the last debate, President Obama, is there anything you would like to tell the crowd watching at home this evening? Hey everybody, this is Barack Obama, and I just want to say thank you for helping to pull this together. For all of you to come together and help and to encourage people to come out and vote is extraordinary. Uh, and so I want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, I want everybody to sit down and enjoy the music uh, and make sure to vote 
because if we vote, we've got the chance not just to win an election, we've got a chance to change the country and change the world. President Trump, would you like to say anything to the debate audience? I like doing the debates. I've won every single debate, according to every poll. I've won every single debate. President Obama, you have come out against President Trump's way of handling the media. Um, what would you specifically like to tell Donald Trump about his actions? Actively promoting 90% of the crazy stuff that's coming out of this White House and then saying, don't worry, we're preventing the other 10%. President Trump, any response? Today, I'm very proud of myself. President Obama, you had comments about President Trump's press secretaries. Would you care to elaborate? These girls are A1 USDA certified racists. President Trump, any response? I don't have to really get into specifics. President Trump, how did you characterize Barack Obama's presidency? We have a president who doesn't have a clue. President Obama, any response? You can't just sit around like some good time Charlie waiting for luck to see you through. President Trump, there have been some questions about the White House meetings with the chief of staff. Could you characterize how you start each meeting? you got to figure out what's going on. President Obama, any response? Folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Gentlemen, let's keep it clean. President Trump, any response to uh, that? What I say is what I say. What I say is what I say. President Trump, how did your parents raise you? Can you tell us a quick story about that? Brilliant. You're handsome. You're rich. Lost your way, brother. President Trump, is it true that you do not understand how to pronounce the word vagina? China, China, China. President Trump, what advice would you give the people of Iowa before the first caucus about President Obama? Vote for this guy. He's really bad for Iowa. President Barack Obama, what would you say to the great people of the state of Iowa? And all this just so when you hear how great the economy is doing right now, Let's just remember uh, when this recovery started. In closing, President Obama, we're going to give you some time to make a closing statement. Please go ahead. And then there's Donald Trump. President Obama, who has Donald Trump offended during his presidency? Great men, women, folks with disabilities. Anything finally to say about the Republican Party? Folks are savages. And any contact with them breeds infection. It's America! The noise and the excess, all of it dazzled my senses. These are good things. They're not doing us a service. Their entire lives are... That's what I see. We wouldn't be treated different if we was white. Or Japanese. Or Hawaiian. Or fucking Eskimo. Willingness to speak out for what is right. They'll be celebrating the fact that I'm the sole African-American and only the third since Reconstruction to serve in the Senate. Wake up the status quo. That's yes, we can. Yes, we can. That's what you said the last time. Yes, we can. Church lead our children in prayer and leave open the possibility that the minority faiths of some children are diminished. President Trump, you'll be allowed the same amount of time for a closing statement to tell us about yourself. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We need to build a wall, and it has to be built quickly. Get elected president. I will bring it back bigger and better and stronger than ever before and we will make america great again many many years to come 
President Trump. Are you still in good standing with President Obama? Be friends, I guess we're not friends anymore. I don't think we are. Making a tremendous amount of money because they have certain oil camps, right? They have certain areas of oil that they took away. They have some in Syria, some in Iraq. I would bomb the shit out of them. I would just bomb those suckers. And that's right. I'd blow up the pipes. I'd blow up the refi. I'd blow up every single inch. There would be nothing left. And you know what? You'll get Exxon to come in there in two months. You ever see these guys, how good they are, the great oil companies? They'll rebuild that sucker brand new. It'll be beautiful. And I'd ring it, and I'd take the oil. And I said, I'll take the oil. But I don't want to sit here and tell you every single thing I want to do. Build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. You now heard it from their own mouths to God's ears. story you tell the story we make sure people hear it at my forever story you have an opportunity to record your life story in your own word and in your own voice after you're gone this story can be played and listened to by all of your family those who knew you and even some who never got a chance to meet you in most cases it's under a hundred dollars we come to you we sit down with you you answer the pre-selected questions that you chose so there's no surprises the entire process takes less than an hour you can elaborate as much as you would like tell the stories from when you were little all the way up until now tell your loved ones your story while you still can. We know how much it means to your loved ones to hear your voice. At My Forever Story, we give you that opportunity. Call us directly at 352-606-0248 or visit the website at my4everstory.com. That's www.my4everstory.com. The testimonials we've received are heart-wrenching. Again, my Forever Story. You tell the story. We make sure people hear it. It's conveniently stored on our national website as an MP3, so your friends and loved ones can listen to your story from their phone or a computer. My Forever Story. Hopefully, you'll take advantage of this opportunity. Call us today, 352-606-0248. At Cuppy Cakes, we want your special moments to include beautifully crafted and incredibly delicious cakes. Our cakes are made with the freshest ingredients and custom to your specifications. From weddings, baby showers, to sweet 16 parties, we can make a cake that will be as memorable as your special event. Check us out at OurCubbyCakes.com. That's O-U-R-C-U-P-P-Y-C-A-K-E-S.com and place your order today. podcast segment number two episode 27 how do you say 27 in uh spanish paul do you know Al 27 oh sounds so much easier to remember and it is that's yeah. why i think we'll speak more all the way up to 27 
All right. Well, Paul, uh, last week we didn't get a chance to do any of our famous phrases, where they come from, stuff like that. Ooh, I like those. All right, ready for a few? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Uh, Bree did very well last week when she was guessing where they came from. That was, uh, yeah, good good deductive reasoning. There was a, there was a, a modicum of knowledge uh, from the young lady that I uh, didn't, uh, didn't know was there. All right. So, have you heard of the phrase, spill the beans? I've definitely heard the phrase, spill the beans. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if it has anything to do with sitting around a campfire with a with a plate of beans and and in that maybe environment. That's about as specific. As you said, that blazing saddles came to mind. The bean scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing. Well, actually, it comes from... Olden times? Thank you. I'm going to have to edit out that long drawn out, but you're getting better. Well, you know, it can, it can also illustrate how long it takes. I me. said it comes from, I point to you, and you look at me like, okay, this is charade's first word, uh, little word, yeah, olden times, Paul. Um, it actually comes from um, ancient Greece, which was definitely old, um, where voting was done by using beans. Citizens would put a white bean into the jar of the candidate they liked, and a black bean in the jar of the candidate they didn't. Interesting. So you actually, you actively voted yes and no. Like, yes. I like this person, but also these licorice beans, screw them. They, they said that was a way of showing the balance, that they're the right number yeah. of people voted. Ah, so think about that. Because coming November 3rd, we could do the same damn thing. That's true. And it would be interesting to see all of the black beans in a certain jar coming from, from black people and the white beans in the white jar coming from white people. That would be very interesting to see. But also, there's a derivative of this statement. You heard of the term blackballed? Absolutely. Same exact thing. So it's the same principle where blackballed meaning they voted with the with the dark colored right. balls they, because they, they did if not you would, like... If you would blackball, they would say, okay, is this person supposed to be in our lodge going forward? Everybody had a white marble and a black marble. They would go up and put a white marble in or a black marble in and the, the number of colored marbles that was the majority would won. So there was the term blackballed. Right. Uh, every time I do this, I'm like, how many phrases are there really? There's a lot. There's well, now let's talk about blue balls. No, I'm <laughs> uh, we, that's, a, that's for uh, segment three. Yeah, uh, Mary <laughs> Bendo, all about that. Okay, um, born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I, you know, I always took that maybe too on the nose, where where I figure, well, silver spoon in their mouth, meaning they their family could afford the fine silverware, so they they were eating on silverware instead of copper plates or something. Ding, ding, ding! You nailed it. Really? Yep. Back in I got olden times. Olden times, yes. Um, children, godparents would give a gift of a silver spoon okay. to their godchild or through a child after a uh, communion, uh, or a, I'm sorry, christening. Okay. They would give them a silver spoon, and that would normally mean the child is going to be raised in, in affluence. Okay. All right. Nicely so done, Paul. So far, so far you're... That uh, might be the first one that I've actually got you've because... Come, you've come close. You were half right a couple times. But today so, was about full, full right. Look yeah. at the big brain Move, on, Paul. Moving it on. Up. All right. Oh, let the cat out of the bag. Boy, this is, you know, one that's... Who hasn't heard this one? Let the cat out of the bag. Meaning to reveal a secret carelessly or made by mistake. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I could even come up with any kind of reasoning for it. I'm going to just listen because I can't even guess. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. Well, back in? Olden times. 
some time ago, it says here, some time ago. I prefer... We know what that means. I prefer that. Um, Farmers um, who would sell pigs would bring them to market wrapped up in a bag. So they would put a live pig in a bag and take it to market because you could hand the bag to the butcher as opposed to trying to hand a live pig to the butcher and the pig would be squealing and running around. That was a pretty good pig imitation. That that was right. Like... If I start hearing banjo music right now, it's pretty frightening. But no, what they would, but unscrupulous ones would put a cat, because cats in a bag, meow, there's another good animal imitation. I had a sea and say, Fisher Price sea and say, the cow says, meow. There's going to be people we, that think we have a soundboard here. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> so that's the only, only animals I think I can do. Yeah, they would, so they would put a cat in the bag and hand it to the butcher, hoping that the butcher would not realize not that even it wasn't a pig. Always count your money, and they'd Mr. Get, Butcher. Yeah, they'd get two or three shillings and then bust out of town. So then the butcher would open up and let the cat out of the bag. There you go. See? Makes there sense. Makes nice. sense. There's the secret. Literally the cat. Damn you. Out of the bag. <laughs> um, next up, sleep tight. Ooh, sleep tight. So maybe uh, literally some snug, maybe if it's a cold weather and you want to uh, zip yourself in a sleeping bag so you don't get eaten up by mosquitoes. So maybe uh, I'll go with mosquitoes, not cold weather. That'll be my guess. Avoid, avoid. So, you, so I'll agree. And X gets the square. X gets the square. It's so much fun with that Hollywood Sir, square. I miss Hollywood. I do miss that show. No, it actually comes from um, now, for example, uh, where, where you and your lovely wife sleep and where me and my lovely wife sleep is a bed with a bed frame and there's normally wood going across the bottom mm-hmm. and the box springs sure. sits on that then the mattress sits on that well back in olden times olden times the bed frames were a square box of wood with ropes stretched across okay and you would put the mattress on that so the mattress wasn't on a hard surface it had something so at night they would have to go and pull the ropes tight and tie the knot a little bit tighter each night so sleep tight meant tightening the ropes up under okay. the bed mattress Sleep taut. Yeah, sleep taut. Sleep, sleep, sleep tightly. Yeah, sleep. Sleep. I guess sleep tight's just easier. It yeah, just rolls it, right off. They, they went to sleep at 6 o'clock back then because, you know, they yeah. didn't have electric light or Jay Leno. Wow. So, uh, so yeah. how are you going to stay up? Or how are you going to get to sleep? Yeah. Sleep tight. Right. Well, I got one more for you. This was the one that um, I, I've heard a thousand times in my life but never knew where it came from. Steal your thunder. Oh, man. This has so, a very specific origin. The only thing I could possibly think of is, because I have to think of these on the fly, is it a, a, is it a reference to Zeus in any way? Nope, it is not a reference Damn. to Zeus. So only one ancient Greece thing. Um, maybe something about Benjamin Franklin and the kite or electricity? Not even close. All right. We'll just we'll just listen to what it actually is. You're floundering. Not even not even like in the neighborhood. You're in the deep end of the pool and you're splashing and then they're pulling the ladders away, Paul. You're and floundering. GPS is not connecting. I guess this one has a, a very specific uh, definition. Back in the 18th century, the 1700s, for those of you that never took uh, history, in the 18th century there was a playwright named John Dennis who was famous for going all around Washington and the Northeast doing plays because that was entertainment then. Definitely. Plays. There was no such thing as movies or whatever. That's like so a concert he tour. he had invented a machine that could mimic the sound of thunder in his play. Wow. And it was really awe-inspiring. People said, wow, it really sounded like thunder. They thought thunder was coming from outside of the, the building and so on. Um, 
sadly, the particular play that he developed this for wasn't a success, but his machine turned out to be an amazing success. So he was getting ready to patent it and release it and so on. And um, later on in another theater, uh, somebody had actually stolen his thunder machine, copied it, and patented it. And the patent fight went on for generations. Wow, the original Facebook. Yes. So really, really mad that somebody had stolen his thunder. Stolen? So Zuckerberg, he stole their thunder. That's Now, now I know how to... Now I know how to equate it. Yeah. So literally, I guess it's it's more interesting to say stole your thunder than stole your thunder machine. Stole your, stole your thunder. Stole your thunder. It was literal. literal. I, I, never, I never would have expected it was that literal, but it was. No, nope, me neither. I'm learning things. Yeah. Uh, we, we touched on at the end of uh, last week's um, episode, uh, we'd met, I'd mentioned something about Kevin Spacey, uh, who I've always enjoyed as an actor. I think he's one of the best actors he, he, out he there. He is certainly a talented actor. Uh, he... Uh, had an accusation 17 years ago, 15 years ago, from a young man who said he did something inappropriate to him in a bar or whatever the case may be. And since then, you know, you you, you can't put, uh, you can't look, you can't find him anywhere. Uh, the guy was the star of House of Cards, which was an amazing series to watch. If you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it. And then the, his list of movies goes on and on, but basically his career and his life is over. It just disappeared. It disappeared the day after he. And I think maybe, I'm, I'm not sure here because I'm not close to the process, but his response, I think, was viewed as not an apology. It was one of those not I'm sorry, but I'm sorry if you took it that way kind of responses, mm-hmm. which I think struck everybody the wrong way at the wrong time. And I'm, there's got to be more. I, so, I would have to think so there's do more you, to do, it. Do you think he needed... Uh, more of a, a Kobe Bryant apology, like one on TV with his wife sitting next to him with a big, huge. But, he brings ring. the guy back up and he gives him like a big, a big ring and a check, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what I did was wrong. And, or, uh, or the fact that it happened a long time ago with Kobe Bryant and society was different because Kobe Bryant did in fact rape a girl at a hotel. Well, that was the accusation, and it was pretty. It was a big controversy. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and, and he claimed it wasn't, and she said it was, and there was, you know, it's it's kind of he said, she said. Said and done. He said, well, yeah, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't have done. Maybe this you got a little carried away. Kind of married to this amazingly hot woman. Well, and I think that's the main thing is, what do you even do it in that situation in the first place, Kobe? Mm-hmm. You idiot! Don't. Uh. Well, the reason I wanted to bring it up again, if you haven't heard, uh, actor Cuba Gooding has been accused of rape. Oh, real? Oh, boy, man. Radio, the the guy who played radio. Yeah, you know, I'm radio. I hate know. hearing all about about all this talent and all their shady shit, but it's so. So, what is this latest? I have not heard this. Supposedly, back in 2013. So, you know, it's current. Um, he <laughs> met a woman at a bar. They had drinks. He invited her back up to his hotel room. Said he needed to change his clothes, and uh, again, allegedly mm-hmm. raped her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, according to her, kind of multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think about wide receiver Antonio Brown. Yes, with the personal assistant. Right, right? personal trainer. Personal actually. trainer. And, and she was supposedly, and again, I'm using the word supposedly more like allegedly. I'm not saying that the woman's lying. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. But, you know, supposedly he raped her multiple times on several different occasions. Mm-hmm. And after the first time I'm raped, I'm not quite sure I'm meeting with that client again. It's, it's one of those topics that it's... 
you know, the people that are willing to lie about something like that and assassinate someone's character, if that's if that's what they're doing, they know it's such a sensitive topic that they they feel like they're going to be able to get away with it. Is what I like. How could how could you lie about something like that? And 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 there are people that do. There are people that do. Sure. Um, there are people that don't. I'm not saying that this is well, not the, about the, that. The, the Me Too movement is, it, is, it's, is powerful, it's justified, and it's overdue. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I want to make sure that, that everyone's clear here. We're not condoning this. It's not like, oh, I wish it was like Mad Men again. I just mean that you, you have to – you can't just assume because a victim is there that it is – the victim is correct – I don't need to dissuade you, but for those of you that are listening, the, uh, the playwright John Dennis is right outside our studio practicing his thunder machine right now. There's actually a thunderstorm going on. So if you hear that in the background, that's not us doing effects. Back, back he, you, he was happy to hear us talk, <laughs> giving him a prop. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's that, it's that slippery slope because you don't want to, no one is ever going to automatically, at least the general public is not going to say, well, she's definitely lying. Now, there's going to be some athletes and musicians and actors who've been through this who'd be like, well, let's listen. Johnny Depp is an example, too, who was kind of dragged through the mud by Amber Heard, and it sort of came out where he was the innocent party, and that was corroborated by others. Obviously, again, I'm not in this crowd, but there was a lot of, when there's a lot of talk about it and a lot of people corroborating it, that's when you tend to believe that side, and and it sounded like she was the crazy one there. Um, so yeah, there are people that can ruin a reputation. Well, we talked about last week. Um, all it takes is an accusation anymore, right? And that's accusations used to be thoroughly investigated by the police before charges were brought. But um, as Bree mentioned last week, you know, the court of public opinion: you are guilty until proven innocent. Now, again, I've never met Ellen DeGeneres. Neither of you. You're not a fan because of what you've heard. And I wouldn't be a fan of what I've heard, but I will offer this caveat. Do I, do I care about what Ellen's like off camera? Or do I care about what she does on camera? I'm one of those people that care about what she does on camera. That's me. Okay. Not, not to disagree with you, but sure. do, do I think it's terrible that she, that she has been accused of treating people so terribly and demeaning to them? No, I think that's, that's wrong. But I have been accused of it. I've been accused of it on multiple occasions. Uh, employees who didn't want to work for me anymore because I said something that was mean to them or I said something that hurt their feelings. Now, I, I say this laughingly because I do believe it's more of a, a generational thing because I've been the same straightforward, in-your-face, say-what's-on-my-mind person for the last 57 years. Only in the last four to five years has it been hard to keep good employees because of that reason. Yeah, that's that is weird to me because I I mean I can I can vouch because I've known you longer than any of them. Uh, you always come off as very even keeled to me, no matter what, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's not it's not you idiot. It's never been that way. It's just a directness and a bluntness I, 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 I and might, an openness. I, I might say uh, you were trained this way, or that's not the way you were shown to do it. Right, but you're not like insulting or demeaning in it. Anyway, well, I've, I, I, I'll, I'll have to throw myself a teensy bit under the bus there and say that there probably have been times where I have been, but it was unintentional. And any time it's ever been brought to my, uh, brought to my attention uh, in our relationship, there's been a couple times where you were kind of ticked off at me, 
and you told me about it because you're a man and you said hey rob what you said to me last week really pissed me off and the first thing it says was oh dude i'm really sorry and i meant it because i didn't intend for it to be that way right. um so I'm, I'm certainly man enough or human enough to apologize humble enough and, yeah, and i think i think that's grown important. enough mature enough it's... but we're but we're in a weird culture right now and yeah. here's cuba gooding he's already been accused and whether he did it or not there'll be he, he'll be shunned he's already certain... suspect you know suspicious forever by a lot of people and there are people that know him that are like what there's going to be her story there's going to be his story and no matter what he's now muddy right no matter what um and the the white privilege aspect of it is very interesting uh back in the early early to mid 90s uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of this guy mike tyson I have heard of that joke. I think he's a fighter, boxer kind of guy. One of those yeah, types. Yeah. Iron Mike, are you kidding me? Probably one of the top five yeah. uh, fighters of all time. One of the best thing to watch on a rainy day. Just go watch a tape of Mike Tyson's greatest knockouts. It's like five minutes long because yeah. that's all you, that's all he needed. It's yeah. really just if you're feeling like you want to beat the hell out of someone. If you made it past three rounds with Mike Tyson, you should be handed thirty yeah. million dollars. Yeah, he did get a lot of cream puffs, but man, was that a show! Well, I'm I'm from Indianapolis, and uh, this is where the alleged incident happened, where he was accused of rape, and I do not know the person personally. But a very close friend of mine from high school, his brother-in-law, was working in the lobby of that hotel the night that that happened. Tyson comes in with his entourage of about 10 people with this beautiful young woman. She was a a beauty contest winner, maybe a Miss Indiana or something, um, or something like that. Mm -hmm. She was a pageant winner. And and she's hanging all over him, uh, kissing him on the side of his cheek, and... This friend of brother-in-law says, "Yeah, you, you know, they were. She was hanging all over him. They were all, you know, drinking, heading up to his suite on the upper floor. And then, you know, a couple months later, uh, Mike's accused of rape because they had sex. Now, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I don't know whether Mike Tyson's gentle in bed. Yeah, he is a boxer, you know, I, I, trained yeah. fighter on the streets. It's don't know. Yeah, there's, there's gonna be gray area there." So, you know, maybe it got a little rougher than she wanted, and then, sure. then it was it was turned into rape. And Mike Tyson did prison time at a federal prison because of that. Prison time. Federal prison. Um, Michael Vick, the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons quarterback. Federal prison for dogfighting. However, what a lot of people don't realize is when the police went to his property, it wasn't about dogfighting. It was about there was someone living there that had ties to drugs and drug money. Yeah. And while they were there they discovered the dogfighting ring. And again, you, could, you couldn't put uh, uh, Thomas or Michael or uh, Jamal or whoever Mike's friends were at the time. You, putting them in jail wouldn't have brought enough notoriety to the cause. Yeah. So they go after Michael Vick. And again, he did his time. Since then, he has come out. He's donated millions of dollars. He's helped raise millions of dollars for Humane Society yeah. and various animal causes. So, so, there, so there is redemption. And I've heard people say, oh, you know, Michael Vick, that hateful human being dog. Okay. I was on that train originally, but he, he did, he, I, he has shown remorse and yeah, growth. You, you, once you have done your time, people don't realize uh, prison is the single worst place on earth to be, ever. And, and those who, who paint the picture that, that prison for these people is, oh, three meals a day, and you work out, you watch TV, no. 
Sorry, it's not. It's not like what you see on TV or hear. That is very glorified. Or you hear that happens to politicians' friends. Yeah, yeah. well, if you're a certain level of wealth, perhaps, uh, yeah, you, you may not be uh, worried. But but the white privilege thing I was talking about, I just gave you an example of Mike Tyson and Mike Vick. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Steelers quarterback. I agree. Um, if you look around the studio here, Paul, there's some Steelers memorabilia. I'm a big, oh, you're a big Steelers fan. I'm a big-time Steelers fan. But that always, was a big story. Always have been, always will be. However, however, I'm also a human being. Now, he went, uh, and I, I, I read the police report that was online before it was taken offline and a gag order was put on it by an Atlanta, uh, somewhere in North Georgia, a prosecutor said, get that off offline. Okay. And the report said that uh, Ben Roethlisberger and some of his buddies, which I'm going to assume are big, giant, huge guys as bodyguards, was cruising bars in some northern Georgia town. And a bunch of girls came in, and he's rich, and he's a quarterback, and he's, I guess he's a good-looking guy. I'm no expert. One of them had a DTF written on her forehead. In, a, in, in lipstick. So he said, what's that mean? She says, it means down to fuck. So one thing led to another. I'm sure there were some alcoholic libations being passed around. Um, libations. And, I'm sure and, that's and, the and word. And then Roethlisberger kind of for top shelf, and you know as well as I do, top shelf will get you there a little faster than well. And so the report said that he went back to the uh, men's room with this girl, took her in the men's room, she went in willingly, even said that in the report, and he had his two guys stationed outside to make sure nobody else came in. Uh, they had sex. He said consensual. She said way too rough, hurt her, left bruises, and so on and so forth. And then uh, a few minutes later, him and his buddies left, and the rest is history. So then she accused him of rape and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's, that's what the police report said. That's what the witnesses had said. Um, I will tell you that if... She went into a bathroom with him with the intent of having sex, and they went into either the men's room or the ladies' room. I can't think of a place more romantic to have sex than that, personally. I always see these movies where people have sex in a bathroom on, on, on like, a kitchen sink. I'm 57 years old. I, I couldn't uh, imagine doing that when I was 20. Yeah, well, no, in my 20s, eh, okay, maybe, you know. But I think it's I'm, anything for that. But. I'm, I'm 57 right now, and I probably would look at a woman and go, hey, listen, can we just go sit in a stall? Bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a cushioned toilet maybe, seat lid. Maybe we'll kill two birds with one stone. I don't know. Um, but anyway, if, if he had gone into this bathroom with her and hadn't had his guys staged on the outside, she felt like it was getting rough, and she was willing and had the ability to leave. Notice the police report said nobody in or out like if she wanted to get out they wouldn't let her out i think if she went in there willingly and no one was forcing her to stay in there i I think i might be a little bit more inclined to go hey big ben is is a good guy and so on but i i after reading it i didn't i didn't feel good yeah i didn't feel good i had the occasion a year later to meet one of his offensive linemen uh at uh, a party in pittsburgh that I, i happened to be uh in town and i asked him about it and his exact quote was did you see the Super Bowl ring? Nobody, nobody who I'd rather have as my quarterback in a Super Bowl or in a game than Ben Roethlisberger. But that's it. I don't want to have nothing to do with that man outside of being on the field. Really? Yeah. He was not a fan. Wow. And I and I don't know if that 
goes to Ben's character. That's, very, that's what it sounds like to me. Like he's a great quarterback, and, and he's, he, they've seen and him. And he's, but it didn't kill his career. It definitely didn't. But he's not black. True, but he, you know, he 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 gave money to the girl, which I guess is a form of punishment. I guess if you're a millionaire. What's the only way to hurt a millionaire? It's in their pocketbook because they have ways of making that money back. Oh, yeah. So there's the, the 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 cancel culture is a little bit different, I think, with with certain certain colors of pigmentation of your skin. Let's just say. And the internet and social media has really shown it's 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 accelerated the when something happens, all of a sudden the spotlight is on it, and the speed you know it just ramps up in a hurry. So it's like people are then drawn to it and need a resolution, and then then you start hearing, it's really it's it's almost overload nowadays. I would agree. I would totally agree with that. And I'm I'm hoping that Cuba Gooding Jr. is innocent. Hoping he is. Yeah. Not because I want to discount his victim. Don't know. Yeah, I, about I don't him. want to see people doing that to other people. It's just shitty. <laughs> I I do think, like you said though, that these famous people have kind of a an aura around them when they walk into a room. It's like. Oh man, I'd love to have sex with him. I know it works the other way around with guys. I yeah. mean, if I'm if I'm in a bar and Halle Berry walks in, it's the first thing that pops yeah. into my head. My wife knows it. I mean, I I love my wife dearly, but my wife knows Halle Berry walked in. The first thing I th- the first thing I think of is, boy, would really like to talk with her about her feelings about peace in the Middle East. No, yeah. not what I'm thinking about at all. Right. Do I don't know. Maybe next time Bree comes in, we'll ask her. Do do women have that same thing where they see a good-looking guy? My, my wife likes Mark Wahlberg. If Mark Wahlberg yeah. walks in her room, I hope. Uh, yeah, I wonder, is she thinking, gosh, I'd just love to have him cuddle with me? I Probably, don't know. yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. Probably a little more to it. But again, oh. we'll, we'll leave that up to their imagination. Speaking of hall passes, who's your hall pass? Oh, uh, you know what? I never even, uh, we never even had that conversation. Well, homework for next yeah, week. Yeah, let me think that you over. You have to talk to your lovely wife and I, say, honey, hypothetically, like the movie Hall Pass. It's not real. God can shag, marry, kill. We're not going to really kill anybody. I would really have to think about this yeah. because this it's, is like, this changes. For me, it's something like like the, the celebrity or the, the famous person that I find most attractive in some way. It, it varies and it evolves. So I'll have to think about this. Mine, mine, I've got a linear list. You do. Although you're sometimes, your spots have changed the top five over the last well, 10 years. A, a few, a few, couple, a few, a few women have ascended. Couple gains, couple losses. A, a few women have ascended uh, on, onto my top 10 yeah. list. So I think everybody's got their celebrity crushes. I, I think that's, yeah. uh, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll think yeah, about Halle it. Halle Berry is, uh, I would not want to talk with her about whether the, Nikkei's stock exchange in Japan is, is really worth looking into in the middle of the night. I mean, unless she really wanted to, if that That's was true. what turned her on. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, was a, uh, there was a picture posted of her. Um, uh, a friend of ours, Mark, sent me a picture of, of her. Um, and he goes, when do you think this picture was taken? How old do you think she was when this picture was taken? And I looked at it and I said, 30, 35? He goes, no, last week. The woman's 54 years old and she just doesn't age kind of like jennifer lopez and jennifer aniston all the other jennifers jennifer love hewitt jennifer lopez the 32 year old 52 year old or, how, or however old she is oh speaking of which um we're very similar to a a, a journalism group just like the I mean, we're as big as the new york times oh and, probably and washington right. post we can say that i think newspapers have to do corrections every now and then and i wanted to issue a correction sure uh several weeks ago we were doing uh shag Mary kill and you picked a great one for me you picked 
uh, Jessica Simpson, Jessica Biel, and Jessica Alba. I knew that would be a tough one for you. I, I made a, I, I screwed up, and I got to give you credit because you you paid attention, and you, and you just rolled with it. You didn't correct me at that time. If you had corrected me at that time, it would have been fine. So if you ever see me going off on a tangent, I'm, did, I'm not sure. grab the lasso and rope me back. Maybe in. I missed it. What, what did what was it? Okay, you said you said Jessica Simpson. I knew exactly when you said Jessica Beale. I thought of Jennifer Beals, who played in Flashdance. Okay, okay. Not Justin Timberlake's wife. Right. So. So let's hear the updated. If, 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 you, listen, if you listen to it, it was That's, a couple weeks ago. It probably makes sense in that context. I was, play, I was playing Maniac, and I said, oh my God, in that movie, she was, and she has aged so well. And I was thinking of Jennifer Beals, who played the chick in Flashdance. Got you. And then towards the end, you said something and about Justin Timberlake. Oh, he means Jessica Biel. And I quickly changed and said, oh, yeah, the movie Chuck and Larry when she ran her fingers through the underwear. Okay. So I brought it back full circle. Gotcha. But for those uh, listeners who might have gone completely psychotic during that moment thinking, what's wrong? Am I not remembering it right? And then they, you know... Had to go I and, thought, and be Baker acted because of something I said. I wanted to clarify. The clarification is I would I would do both Jessica Biel and Jennifer Beals. That's the clarification. Okay, all right. So then we just wanted to make sure that that wasn't the detail. Exactly. That was the detail people wanted to know most. I think about. Yes. So for those of you that think uh, Paula Roberts is crazy liberals, and we just, <laughs> we just think everyone who ever said anything bad ever in their life should just be no. exiled forever. You're oh, wrong. I, I hate those people. <laughs> we don't. We, we don't think like that. All right, we're going to be back with uh, segment number three, which is going to be our Mount Rushmore of famous TV dogs. I hope you've done your homework on this one, Paul. I'm just trying to figure my fourth, but right. I've, I've got my three. All right, sounds good. We'll be back right after this. tell you all about my friends at Side Splitters Comedy Club. Uh, my favorite place to go in the Tampa Bay area when I need a laugh. They have top quality talent come through all the time. National talent, local talent. Uh, there's always great shows available. So if you've never been to a live stand-up comedy show, I want you to go check one out. They're even better in person. Sidesplitterscomedy.com. You can grab your tickets online. You can even pick your seat. So Sidesplitterscomedy.com. Go check them out. Do you like game shows? Have you ever wanted to be on one? Well, guess what? You don't have to go to California to be on your own game show. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area, will bring all of your favorite game shows to you. Your group, your organization, your company party, or just a group of friends. All of your favorites like Family Feud, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Pyramid, Match Game, and the Really Wet Game. For more information, visit the website at gameshowparty.com. Or call directly 727-531-8880. Again, that number is 727-531-8880. Visit the website at gameshowparty.com where you are the contestant.
And we're back for segment number three, LSD Podcast. Paul, where can they find out more information about us? You can go to Facebook. What's that? Uh, that's that thing there with the... That is that you better click. than MySpace? Uh, you know what? I, they're neck and neck right now. I'm, I'm hoping MySpace is going to win out because I really... Really miss. I miss my old MySpace. Are you holding on to your Betamax VHS recorder? I wish. Yeah, I wish MySpace would go back to the old format with Tom with the thumbs up and the white background. Anyway, Facebook. A lot less drama. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Go to Facebook and find us at the LSD Podcast. You can search, or you could just search for Lighter Side of Dark, or you can just go to lightersideofdark.com. And from there, you can find out all the places we're streaming, Spotify, Anchor. Um, we're on others. Um, there's a couple others that I'm, I'm missing, but we're, we're on several. Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Uh, Google. Google uh, And Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, whatever the heck that's called. So anywhere you listen to podcasts. The great and glorious Google is everywhere. It's, yeah. We're, we're somewhere. So, so listen and uh, give us a binge listen if you have a really long trip. And you're extremely bored and have really nothing else left on your back. We can guarantee we will take you from extremely bored to somewhat bored. Yeah. <laughs> we we aim for the stars. <laughs> and and <laughs> Well, I, I, I've had um, we have had some real po- great positive feedback from some of our listeners. We've of course had some uh, some negative feedback. We're always working on our audio issues. We're not some big giant podcast who's got uh, a room full of people making sure every uh, audio bit is exactly where it needs to be. You I know, mean, one day we'll be able to go like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm Sully and I'm Smith and that's our producer, Jerry, over there. And, and we'll have like our own booth yeah, one day. And, uh, well, now let's go to news with our news guy, Kelvin, uh-huh. you know, or something like that. And so. they can do all the balancing. But if anybody out there who's listening has a, um, uh, a restaurant, a bar, a location where there are people, and I mean, I guess we're thinking more after COVID. If there's anybody out there who would like to have us do the podcast live, we're open to that as well. We could uh, invite all of our five to six listeners, maybe a dozen in some cases, if they bring a friend, uh, to come and watch the podcast live, interact with us a little bit. Live tapings are a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be there. You know, we'll bring up, we'll bring some business cards. We'll schmooze a little bit. We'll, we'll like to talk to people. Um, but it'd be the same format. We're just going to do our format, and we'll set up our gear, and, and just sort of like a performance version. But it, it, and then we could chat afterwards. And again, that's once once we're back to getting up and yeah. around. Like and when you're in a bar and restaurant with with Sully and Smith, there are you kidding? There are going to be dozens of dollars rolling in on that cash register. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you buy me a drink. Yeah, if Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger walks in with his friends, we'll make sure the bathroom door stays open. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so our, our, our Mount Rushmore segment this week is uh, famous TV dogs. Famous, famous TV, TV dogs. We, we've done famous TV cars. Yeah, we've jumped and, all over. I have to say, we have a good variety of, of one. Of last week ones. at the end of the podcast, I asked you and Bree, what do you think we should talk about next week? And you both just uh, got froze, and I had to come up with this one. So I think I came up with a pretty good one. So we're going to do uh, TV famous TV dogs. Paul, would you like to go first, or would you like to allow me? I'll, uh, you, I'll, you know what? I'll allow you. You came up with it, so you should get the honors of, of kicking off your, your number one choice right. for the mount. I know it's on your list. So this is going to take care of one for both of us. Okay. Lassie. He is, she is the first on my list. Yes. Lassie. 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 A, a famous collie. Um, I think there were actually seven 
if I remember correctly. Is that okay? So that's the, the trivia. There, there were seven there, lassies over the run seven, of the show. Seven lassies over the over the course of the was show. Because they kept dying, or because they just kind of retrained or grew out of the role. I hope what, it's not. What, as... And again, if I remember the uh, the article correctly, one of them died of distemper. Oh, man. Um, and was it was like during like almost like the time they were filming, so they had to get this other collie dog in there, and they had to dye the coat. Uh, of the collie a little bit to kind of match. Oh my god! Um, so, but back in the day, they just they just did spray paint on animals and care. Plus the black and white that could really yeah. kind of it's 1950s muddy a thing. 1950s. <laughs> but they, they had they had two dogs always on set. One that would one that was trained to do like when it was running full speed, like when Billy was trapped in the barn. Okay. <laughs> Lassie would run back to the house and bark, bark. Lassie was kind of like Chewbacca. People understood what he was saying. Yeah, they yeah. understood what Chewie was saying. That is saying. own like it's Timmy. Just he was he was the original dog whisperer. Was, yeah. was Timmy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? What's that girl? Yeah, it's in the well. Well, somebody somebody's trapped on the railroad tracks and there's a train coming. I want to know why they didn't tap him for like more complicated projects in the government if he could actually speak to Lassie. That's a pretty and, and, incredible and I could talent. Just, I could picture Lassie. Um, this is a, Seth MacFarlane. If you're listening, first of all, love your work. But if Seth MacFarlane is listening, this would be a great cutaway for him. I always picture Lassie after they go, okay, and cut. Lassie stands up on two legs, walks over, sits in one of those actor-director chairs, picks up a martini, and starts smoking a cigarette. I mean, I can just picture that. Oh, yeah. That would be a great cutaway in Family Guy. Definitely. So Lassie, I think anyone who knows famous TV dogs immediately started carving that one into Mount Rushmore. Paul, since we've got one done... Who's your next one? Well, um, you know, I wasn't sure who I was going to go with next, but I figured we'll segue since you brought up Family Guy. I'm going to go with Brian from Family Guy. Brian from Family Guy. Absolutely love that. He sort of came out of left field for me, but I'm like, wait a minute, Brian, you know, he's a dog. He's yeah. a TV. I'm going to go with Brian. I just, you know, I know it's a, it's kind of almost like a, it's Seth McFarland sort of being a little bit of Seth McFarland is what yeah, I get actually, the feeling. that's the only voice that he does that's his Just voice. Just kind of his voice, you know? Yeah. And I, my understanding is that because uh, Brian likes scotch, I think Seth likes is a scotch drink. I think that he, he modeled a little bit of Brian's things after himself. Um, but it's a great character. Did you did you ever see their hundredth episode? They they did the hundredth episode live table read on stage. Oh. I don't I, know I have, if I watched I, it. I, I have it on DVD. I'll, I, lo- I'll yeah. loan it to okay. you. Okay, I vaguely remember the announcement of that. It is hilarious to watch because Seth is sitting right next to um, the girl who does the voice of Lois. I'm drawing a complete blank on Ju- Julie, Julia, or something. Um, the guy who does the voice of Cleveland, who's a white guy, who's now said he's not going to do it anymore because he says a black guy should voice Cleveland. Oh my God, stop it. That's with this weird. Crap. I don't know. That's weird to me. Uh, the guy, the the guy who does Joe, the voice, he's, he's, he does several voices. <laughs> and they have like four or five other people on there. But so many of them do different voices. The guy who does Cleveland also does Herbert, the pervert. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's what's funny is you watch Seth MacFarlane, who does the voice of Peter Quagmire, Stewie, and Brian. And it's there's amazing. a scene where he is all four of them having a conversation. And it, what amazes me is his facial expressions change almost where he looks like the characters. Yeah. It's so amazing. And, and I, I'm sure that helps him get into the character. I think it helps him deliver, you know, the, the right aperture of his, of his, of his uh, 
like larynx and all of those things go into. Well, we talked about uh, if you're trying to do an imitation, if you try to do an imitation of Donald Trump, you, you can't. But if you if you purse your, purse lips, your lips, it automatically makes it, it helps. Yeah, it automatically makes you sound like him. Um, and like I said, doing Bill Clinton last week, if you just gotta force your voice, keep your, you know, it. Like, yeah, just like have, like have the sound come out of the back of your throat. Yeah, That's like, how you like a Clinton. gentle sort of. Uh, yeah. Gentle, but do this with your, your thumb. Yeah, and, the, and the swallowing the point. I did the, uh, not the point, have point. sex with that woman. It's so yeah. I could see why you know it helps him embody the character, and not to mention the level of talent to be able to just the endurance. First of all, to to be the fact that it's all him, all him, all him, jump back and forth and respond and and that is an he is incredibly talented. Oh yeah, musically also he's one of those guys. Now, it's like uh, does everything. He he's also doing a show called The Orville, which is a kind of a, a Star Trek uh, ripoff. Uh, it's a great show though because the reason is is it's 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 a drama, but it has the comedy that was missing from the original Star Trek. Interesting. So it's so it's something because there really was no comedy in the drops original Star Trek. These sarcastic bombs right in the middle and like the ship's being bombarded and, and he goes uh, uh, you know there's something explodes and this guy goes shields are down captain and he goes yeah no shit you know right stuff like that so it's a great show it's called the orville if you're a star trek fan or a science fiction fan it's well worth watching especially if you're a seth MacFarlane fan but the other thing i wanted to bring up he's such a trekkie he was actually on star trek discover uh star trek enterprise with scott Bakula as a crewman Wow, was that yeah. now? Was he like an extra non-speaking role? Just a crewman. Just, just he, like he spoke two or three, two or three times. Okay. Two or three episodes. He has a speaking part where he walks up to the chief engineer and he goes, "You need to make sure those transfiguration conduits are set to level three point five because if if it gets past four, we're going to explode." And he goes, uh, "Yes, sir, no problem." And it's Seth freaking McFarland. He wanted to be on Star Trek so bad. Now he's done the Orville. This must be a dream for him. Then it's like he gets to write a love letter to Star Trek. And, and copy some of the things he loved about it, but also put his his spin. And Star Trek, it, it's, you know, it was such a unique thing. Like the, it was like sci-fi that was so new at the time, and it took itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so serious. And that became part of the running joke about Kirk. It's like just overdramatic. But so he has room here to be a little bit like, like you said, no shit, the shields are down. Well, the, the, the Star Trek movies started allowing a little bit of that sarcastic humor to start coming out. Yeah. Jim uh, or, or Kirk and Spock are getting ready to, to beam down to a, a nasty planet, and I think this was in Star Trek Three. and Bones looks over and says, Jim, be careful. And Spock turns and looks at him and goes, Doctor, we'll be fine. You know? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, and then Spock too. was at and he goes, Spock, have, have you lost your Vulcan mind? Yeah. Which, which is obviously a play on Spock, have you lost your fucking mind? So... Um, but no, Brian is a great choice. Brian's a great choice. But Seth MacFarlane in that in that read, he was like he was like uh, Brian. He was saying uh, Quagmire. I haven't seen you down at the uh, uh, down at the clam. And he goes, Well, I'm just too busy getting the chicks, giggity giggity. And he just changes these facial expressions. When he does Stewie, it's like his face morphs into a football. Yeah. Right, right, which is a good way to describe Stewie's face. That's probably how we started drawing him. Like, yeah. oh, this football could be a good baby face. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Alright, time for um, Numero tres? my choice. And the third one. Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. He's on he's on mine as well. Scooby Dooby Doo. Oh, you gotta love Scooby who was voiced by uh, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Yeah. 
who also did the voice of uh, Shaggy, which uh, sometimes when you hear Shaggy talk, you, you'd go, oh, that, that sounded like he was about to do a long-distance dedication. He was like, hey, Scoob, you he's going to do a long-distance dedication, man. You could see it starting to form in the, the formative years of uh, Scooby leading to yeah. the dedications. Uh, do you remember how many episodes of Scooby-Doo there were? Because I was surprised when I found out how few there actually really, were. Really? All I know is every morning I would watch it in syndication, so it, you know, it was always a new episode to me. Um, and you know how it is when you're young in that age watching cartoons. It feels like there's thousands of episodes. I'm going to say surprisingly few, maybe 80? Half that. Really? 40. There's only 40 episodes? And I thought I was yeah. still undershooting it. Yeah. There's only 40. Only 40 episodes. That's like four seasons worth of 10 episodes if, but, you're, but, if you're a binge watcher. But, yeah, but if, if you think about it, and you know, how do they all end? Ripping the mask off and finding out it was the old man that, <laughs> that owned the amusement park. And I wouldn't. They got no way with it, too, if it wasn't yeah. for you damn kids. Yeah, I don't know if they said damn back then. But. Like, hey, why don't we do the Scooby-Doo ending? Yeah, Scooby-Doo ending would be excellent. Yes. <laughs> and they do that. So, yeah, Scooby-Doo, um, you remember it from syndication. I actually remember watching it, and there were new episodes from time to time. Um and because, I mean, I, I, in the 70s, that Saturday morning cartoons, that was basically it. Unless your local TV station had a kid's cartoon show right. that came on in the afternoon, uh, which, which mine did. Um, there was, in the morning, it was uh, Popeye and Janie, which was on at like 6.30 to 7.30 every morning on Channel 4 because they knew kids were getting ready to go to school. Exactly. So they, mom could out a bowl of cereal in front of him and keep him busy for, yep. for 30 minutes. I think mine was Tom and Jerry was, was one of the ones in that slot for me. There, there's always a few for every generation. All right, so so far we've got uh, Lassie, real dog. Uh, we have uh, Brian Griffin, Brian. cartoon dog. And then we have Scooby-Doo, cartoon dog. And now it's time for uh, who you think should be the fourth one. We, the, the, we always do this. The fourth one is always the one that's yeah. kind of up in the air. This is going to be, going with uh, you know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go, as they say, if you're a, a fan of sports and drafting, I'm going to go off the board here. Um, we have a couple of cartoon dogs. We have a real dog. I, I had I had bandied about a few different ones, like Eddie from Frasier was one who, who came to mind because just because I, Frasier was such an iconic show, but that was more about the show. Honorable mention for me, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am going with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog from Conan O'Brien. Because oh, be I absolutely love that character. I know it's a puppet, but it's a TV dog. It is one of the funniest characters, at least when I discovered it. It was just, here's this grumpy dog puppet with a cigar and like this, I don't know if it was like this broken up Cuban or gruff accent of some sort it was just so silly that i i just became one of my favorite sketches i thought my cd was done but that's not what they say do an insult track we need it for radio play ramming the names i'll take a long hard pee time to mess up the bees like an mp3 American idols, that's who I look for in the poop section of my local record store. Ruben or Clay, oh, which should I pick? It's like choosing which puddle of vomit to lick. 
And when I want something even more fruity and fake, I look up N for NSYNC or D for Timberlake. So many skills Justin's making a buck at. Does he rap? Does he sing? He doesn't know what to suck at. Now as for the bitches, let's give Britney thanks for the face that launched a million preteen skanks. You were a virgin that had to be hard. You've had more bones in your mouth than a Saint Bernard. I <laughs> I didn't even know he dropped sick beats. Wow. Yeah, I, I just that, remember. That, that song was called I Kid, I Kid. I Kid, I Kid. I, as soon as you said Trump, I, I had forgotten about Trump. I know. It's it's kind of out there, but I just, it was so, and, and he was good roaster. You know, he was just such a funny character to me. And I'm talking about particularly his segments on, on Conan when, when it was, uh, when he was sort of a bit on that show. I know he, they probably has an album and stuff, but so yeah, but I'll, I, I, you know, obviously would like to hear uh, your your pick too, since the fourth one is always going to be up for debate. I, I was curious to know who you who would you throw up there. Well, when you think of when you think of TV dogs, I think of Spuds McKenzie from uh, from, from uh, Miller was Miller Bud Light. Bud Light, yeah, it was Bud, Bud Light. Light. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think of Spuds McKenzie. Um, if you say Spuds McKenzie, most people know exactly who you're talking about. The picture of the white terrier dog with the Black, was it a bull terrier? I yeah, think. bull terrier. Yeah, had a black spot on its eye. And, Spuds McKenzie. Um, yeah, Spuds McKenzie. That's that's good old Spuds. It, it was it was a dog you'd see on TV, basically about it. But there was a great Super Bowl commercial, and I'm going to guess early 1990s. I remember my son was three or four years old when we we happened to be over at one of his uh, aunts or uncles' homes watching the Super Bowl. And Super Bowl commercials, as soon as they would come on, all the women in the room would get real quiet because they were paying attention to the commercials. And it was a great commercial from Stroh's Beer because they had a dog spokesperson as well called Alex from Stroh's. Okay. And it was like this terrier, uh, like a um, like an Irish setter. Okay. And it was, it was Alex from Stroh's. For those of you that have the great and glorious Google, you can look up Alex from Stroh's. There's a picture of a terrier. Um, uh, one of these dogs. So it was funny because... They go, okay, dude, Alex is going to be, he's, he's got this, he's going to do some imitations. Are you ready? And it shows him sitting in the doorway and he darts off to the side. And then obviously Lassie comes on and they go, um, Lassie, Lassie. And then he jumps off and then uh, a German shepherd, uh, Rin Tin Tin. That's great. Which would have been a great one for us. Rin Tin Tin. And then he comes out and it was, an, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the show. Oh, it was a uh, Duke from the Beverly Hillbillies, just a big old bloodhound laying there. And then he comes out as Spuds McKenzie, which is their competitor. Interesting, yeah. And everybody in the room goes, who's that? It was literally making fun of their competitor. So Alex from Stroh's is doing imitations. He comes out as Spuds McKenzie, and everybody in the room is like, I don't even know who that is. That was their whole point of their commercial, was making fun of who's Spuds McKenzie. Wow, that's really stupid. Well, <laughs> they just they just launched Spuds McKenzie. Well, no, they didn't launch Spuds. <laughs> or helped. No, Spuds and Alex have been going back okay. and forth a little bit. Never promote the competition. But the reason I mention that is because nobody in the room got it except me. Interesting. And I said, you guys didn't realize how genius that was. Spuds? And one of my sister-in-law goes, well, you like dogs. That was her answer to that. Like, no, they were making fun of Spuds McKenzie. Forget it. Whatever. Yeah, just no. like bringing like a, the wrong dog would no, come back. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely remember the Spuds McKenzie ad campaigns. I think they started even in the late 80s. Oh, we showed, uh, him, and showed him partying, wearing Wayfair glasses yeah. with a hot chick on each paw. One of the original, like, just here's a, let's just dress up a dog. That'll that'll sell beer. You know, beer, dogs, dogs are cute. Get a bull terrier. People love bull terriers. That's what the data says. Yeah. Well, somebody had put on our uh, on our Facebook page Beethoven. 
Uh, yeah, well, that was a movie. That was a movie. Was yeah. a movie. Another, we could do movies separately. Another, That's another. Another, another verse put Benji, the, mo- the movie Benji. Yeah, I think movie bo- dogs could get its own category for sure because you, you've got Marley, you've got, like, just off the top of my head, I can think of a bunch. Toto yeah. from from that might that might be another one altogether. Because even TV, I had to sort of, like, Rin Tin Tin, I thought, oh, a little before my time and not, not too interesting it was a knockoff of Lassie yeah it was Rent like... 10 10 a German Shepherd two seasons and oh there you go so uh, so we were right to so do we're, it we're familiar with the Wren and the 10 and the 10 but just not for any more than two seasons two so seasons called Rent 10 2 all bark and no bite Rent 10 10 just a stupid name that's why people yeah. remember any others you can think of right offhand? Because it, it was harder than I thought. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone that at least deserved a shout out. You know, I considered not not for very long, but Snoopy, but really not because even though I'm sure they had peanuts in cartoon form, it was definitely a comic strip first to me in my mind. So I considered a more comic strip. Yeah, because then you'd have to say they did a Marmaduke movie, right? But Marmaduke was a comic really strip. a comic strip first. So yeah. I would I would include him. Also in a comic strip, not in a movie yeah. either. And, and one, one, one uh, young lady on uh, Twitter said, uh, the Shaggy DA. And I'm like, well, it was also a movie. So I don't want to discourage people who are nice enough to send us tweets. Is that what they're called, tweets? Yes. Um, and, like and go on our Facebook page and kind of get involved in, in our, our Mount Rushmore's. We want that kind of involvement. We want you guys to tell us what you thought about our choices. So we essentially have Lassie, that we knew for sure, uh, Brian Griffin, Scooby-Doo, and we think we think our last one. Yeah. Whoever we, we kind of, I don't know that we have to necessarily agree on four because it's hard to say we're always going to agree on four. But we've thrown out Triumph and we've thrown out um, Eddie from Frasier was was a character who who had at least a bit one bit on just about every show. Yeah, he, he and he was so tied to Frasier's dad in that show. It was just kind of like that was his buddy, and. Yeah, I don't know why he was memorable, but he definitely was one of the first dogs that came into my head. So I had to throw his name out there. Yeah, because those particular dogs, I'm drawing. Um, uh, I think it, it's a uh, was it a terrier? T- or it's some a sort. terrier. I'm not sure. I should know. Yeah, because I, I, me too. God, I hate this. We should get a sponsor for like a memory pill. Th- yeah, Take this and it, it's guaranteed to make you remember things and uh, make your dick hard. That would be the problem. If we could find a pill that would help us remember stuff, cure baldness, and make your dick hard, we'd be a quadrillionaire. The, the three in one, the, the the man pill. Just that's all you'd have to market it as. It's just here it is. Take it. My case, I would take it. My hair would come in really hard and long and stiff. <laughs> Start growing out my ears. What's even that more? joke about Viagra? I took a Viagra, and got stuck in my throat, and had a stiff neck for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up uh, episode 27. Uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. It certainly has, hasn't it? So uh, let's uh, let's do a quick shout-out to uh, what our next Mount Rushmore will be. Let's, uh, let's query the thought here a little bit. You know what? The NFL is starting up soon. Let's do, let's do top four of something with the NFL. All right. We can we – can, if we can't think of specifics now, we can we – can, uh, well, I mean, we can always do top four quarterbacks of all time, top four running backs, top four wide receivers. Boy, yeah. Or top four NFL defenses of all time. What do you mm, think? Maybe we should – well, we're going to be editing out this. Long yeah, pause. we'll edit out the long pause. Maybe do we start with quarterbacks because that's sort of a, a, a that's a position where I think you could they sort of drive play. You could debate it until the cows come home. Number one is a given. I'm not going to tell 
anybody because if you don't know, you're not an NFL fan. But the other three would definitely be debatable. All right, so we're going to go top four. I think that's the most accessible, and it's also the most controversial probably. because I, 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 would, I would agree with that as well. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, uh, like I said last week, Exit 27, Episode and Exit. I've struggled with those words. Yeah, episode 27 is now um, a done deal. It is uh, vapors. It's footprints in the sand. It's what we just recently did. So uh, be sure to wear your mask, everybody. Be sure to social distance and uh, steer clear of this thing, and we're all going to get through it together. LSD Podcast, signing off. See you next week. Side of Dark is produced at the My Forever Story Studios in Spring Hill, Florida, in association with RSP Entertainment and Events and Solio Entertainment. Written and produced by Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Edited by Rob Smith. Original music provided by Elijah Seth Book, available on Instagram. All material used in the show is done for entertainment purposes only and not to be taken seriously. Available on Facebook at LSD Podcast. Lighter Side of Dark, copyright 2020.